You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah.gmail.com, and I will answer as many as I can. You know, this has been an amazing week, and I have to thank so many people behind the glass if they're still hanging around. Um, we have a choir. And every year we like the choir to perform. It's great for the boys. They feel good. It, it gives them an opportunity to do something else besides studying. But we can't have a regular dinner this year. We're still, you know, getting through Corona. By next year, we'll hopefully we'll be back. All of us will be back. Regular dinners, regular restaurants. It'll be fantastic. But we wanted the boys to have a performance. We want to be able to use the performance. So we decided um, we're going to professionally video the choir. So spoke to Alan. Alan brought down David and Corey and Garrett and the old-fashioned Hollywood lights go up and we had risers and multiple cameras and sound systems and the boys were there in their white shirts and I get them their bow ties and their cummerbunds. They loved it. They loved it. They felt so great still waiting on... uh, on some of the editing to come through, but it was fantastic. Thank you, NRM Streamcast, or um, if that's what we call the studio, and everybody else involved. And maybe we'll even show some clips at a later date just to give you a feeling. These guys were great. Just, just amazing. The children had a great time. They enjoyed it. They felt so good. They watched a, 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 a uh, not fully edited, just like a raw version, and they were they were just pumped. They just like, wow, look at the coloring, listen to the sound. It, it was beautiful. We had the piano, and I learned more things. Three mics on one piano. <laughs> just put one mic. What do I know? And it was just really, really a great time, Sunday, Monday. It was really fantastic, greatly appreciated. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, be able to share that, uh, that, those video clips with uh, many, many people. Okay. Talking children, if you missed the last show, you got to hear the last show, All About Children. Two great guys, the book, Tenacity and Children. Uh, we talked to the authors. They, they, they just had so much information. Every word out of their mouth was more stuff about helping children. And we help children. We deal with children. We deal with spouses. And this week's story portion has a lot of great lessons about spouses and children. And that's we're going to take our... Extra short time in today's show. Today's show will be a drop shorter than usual. And uh, we want to talk about spouse and children. So, what is this week's Torah portion? So, we have Korach. Korach basically starts a rebellion. Now, not a rebellion of, of weapons, of fighting, of who knows what. A spiritual rebellion. Where Korach goes to Moses and Aaron and says, Why are you guys the leaders? Everyone should be leaders. I should be the leaders. Why should it be you? Who says you're making the right decisions? How do we know God is telling you everything? A real rebellion, right? And as you're, you're attacking the leadership, 
Now you're attacking the leadership, so you can be the leader. Now there's no bloodshed here. This is not a bloodshed uh, type of of a discussion or rebellion, as I keep calling it. This is Korach gets 250 great people lined up behind him, and Korach is a brilliant man. And they say if you would have been watching the argument between Moses and Korach, you would have been a little confused because these people were on another plane. Just let me tell you who Korach was. Korach was one of the four people to carry the ark. Um, when they traveled in the desert, so you had to take apart the tabernacle, the mishkan, and the beams went on the wagons, and the curtains went on wagons, and then you had to carry stuff. You carried the menorah, you carried the table, you carried the, the altars, you carried all the vessels, and somebody's got to carry the ark. Now, you got to imagine that uh, if you're carrying the ark, you better be a really, really spiritual, holy person. Otherwise, you better not come anywhere near the ark. And Korach was one of the four. He was not a regular fellow. But what happened? I mean, Moses takes out of Egypt, and he takes us through the Red Sea, and he gets the Torah for us already, and he gave us the manna and the water and the clouds, and, and God is giving the Torah through him. Everybody sees that. What is Korach thinking? I mean, this is just like mind-boggling. So it does say that he saw in the future he was going to have a great um, descendant by the name of Samuel. The prophet Samuel, he's one that anoints King David and King Saul. He was a leader also to Jewish people. And in Psalms, King David equates Samuel to Moses and Aaron. So Gorel says, come on, you think I'm chopped liver? If I'm having such a descendant, you know that I, I, that I got to be something special. Somebody actually shared with me recently. I think it was two nights ago, we were at a, at a party. So he says to me um, that Korach was supposed to be a great person. He had leadership qualities, and he should have become a great leader. But he needed a little more patience. He jumped the gun. He, he couldn't wait. He couldn't hold back. He had to have it now. Having it now means instead of we, us digging a hole to bury in the ground when your time is up, the ground swallows you because you're uh, a little uh, impetuous. However, the rabbis tell us that this alone was not enough. In other words, all this wouldn't have caused Korah to go ahead and make a full-blown rebellion. There had to be something else to it, and the something else to it was his wife. So the beginning of the Torah portion talks about four people that are leading this rebellion. Korah, our friends... Moses' nemesis, Dustin Aviram, every time there's a problem, they're the ones starting up. And someone by the name of Own Ben Pelis. We don't really know much about Own Ben Pelis. What we do know is he's here at the beginning of the Torah portion, but when Korach makes his uh, final stand, Own Ben Pelis is nowhere to be found. And interesting, the rabbis comment that Korach's downfall was because of his wife and Own Ben Pelis's salvation was because of his wife. What happened? So what happens is, Korach's wife, there were different things done to the Levites. We had a few Torah portions ago where the Levites were taking over from the firstborn, and there was a process. And they had to they had to immerse themselves in a pool of water called the mikvah. They had to shave off all their hair. That was a symbolic of saying that we don't do idol worship. 
And Aaron had to lift each of them up and put them down. And the Jewish people had to lean their hands on them. It was a process to say, you are now the ones that will serve in the temple. From now on, the Levites, no longer the firstborn, or the process. Korah comes home, and his wife says, look at what this Moses is doing to you. You see what's going on over here. He embarrasses you. He cheapens you. He's making fun of you. And you're going along with all this? What kind of person are you? Don't you have a self-worth to allow yourself to be treated like this? You, the great Korach. And uh, Korach listened to his wife. It, it gnawed away at him. It got into him. Some people have a wife that the wife may think that she is helping her husband to become greater, but really she is not looking at the full picture and she's a little selfish or a lot selfish. She doesn't like the situation. She wants her husband to be king. She wants her husband, however she wants that power, she's going to get her husband to do the dirty work and then she can be the queen. And that seems to be what was going on. And that is what convinced Korach to go over the edge and start the rebellion. What's the story with Omben Pelis? So Omben, I love telling you over the story. I say it over every year. I just, I, I just, I, I think it's real, you know? Omben Pelis comes home and he tells his wife, yeah, me and the boys, me and the boys, Korach, Dostan Aviram, we're going to teach that Moses a lesson. We're going to show him who's boss. He can't just treat us any old way. We're going to take over the leadership. So Omen Pelz's wife says, My dear hubby, let me explain to you how life works. Moses and Korah are having this super battle. One will win, one will lose. Whoever wins or loses has nothing to do with you because you're the same Omen Pelz you were till now. You're not going to be the guy in charge. You're just going to be another person, which is beautiful, and I love you for being a regular person, but you are not going to become the leader. So no matter who wins, you're not winning anyways. So I think you should just stay out of it. You can watch from the sidelines. You can see who wins. End of story. But don't go overboard. There's nothing for you to gain. So like every good husband, Omen Pelz tells his wife, but what should I do? I told the guys I was going to be there. Every husband does this, I think. Yeah, what should I do? I told the guys. You don't know, want me to keep my word. So, like the good wives, Omben Pels' wife says, I'll take care of it. You just have, yeah, why don't you get yourself something to drink? Go take a nap. I'll take care of it. So the Medrash says she went outside of her tent and she uncovered her hair and she started combing her hair in public, and that was considered not modest. And again, we're talking about very spiritual people, or at least officially they're fighting over spirituality. So when Korach and the gang came to pick up On, oh, we can't walk down this block. Crazy uh, wife is sitting uh, in an immodest way. We can't go that way and look at her. So she saved her husband. Smart lady. Saw the whole picture. But it wasn't enough to see the whole picture because her husband didn't know how to get out of it. He didn't know how to listen to what his wife was saying. So his wife, like, again, like all good spouses, um, it's not enough just to give the information of this is a bad idea, but they got to, not only do they have to to help you, they got to get you out of the hole. And that's exactly what Omben Pelz's wife did. So again, a very fascinating thought right away. Good spouse, bad spouse, right? The good spouse is just looking to protect 
She's not looking anything for him or herself. It is just to protect and help the other spouse. That's the good spouse. The bad spouse wants to know, how can I get something and I will use my spouse to get there? And that's the bad spouse. Okay, so we're going to talk about children. So as this conversation is going on, so Moses tries to meet privately to, to get them to stop. Right to say, you know, obviously this is not what God wants, and you're only going to cause problems. And you're not going to win. So uh, Moses goes to visit. Now Dustin and Avim wouldn't let him. Wouldn't would not talk to Moses. They said not not happening. Korach did let Moses come, and sitting around the table is Korach and his boys, his sons. Now his sons were great people. They actually author some of the chapters of Psalms. And as we think of Psalms as all being King David, it's not true. There were actually 10 different people that authored um, chapters in Psalms, like Adam, like, uh, uh, I'm forgetting who it is offhand, um, um, Abraham, I believe, was one, um, and three sons of Korach were others. A few other people that authored different paragraphs. So these sons were obviously great people, right? Because they authored a chapter, really more than a chapter, I think 10 chapters in Psalms. And, uh, and, and, and people saying in prayers. So they must have been something special. So Moses comes in, and he's having his conversation with Korach, and it's a back and forth, a give and take. And Korach's three sons don't say a word. Not a word. They are perfectly quiet. Why? To side with Moses, how could I do that to my father? To side with their father, Moses, he's the leader, right? He got us the Torah. He's done everything for us. We are better off keeping silent. And so it says when Korach's um, demise came and the earth opened up and started swallowing all these people, so it says it was like a ledge. The Korach's three sons were saved on this ledge because as children, they, uh, they understood to keep out of it. And uh, that's something, again, the last show, if you missed the last show, all about children, helping children, how we should be helping children, what should we be doing for children. Um, we had two great psychologists on, very entertaining, very knowledgeable. But uh, this is, in this story portion, is something to keep in mind we should not involve our children in our personal issues. We have a problem. Our children should not have to be involved. We should not bring our children in because when we bring our children in, all that we'll accomplish is that when we go down, they're going to come down with the ship. What did they do wrong that I have to drag my children through the mud because I have a fight with somebody? Right? Children have to be left out of our personal stuff. I mean, that goes for divorces also, by the way, but that's impossible. You know, each parent, they're blinded with their anger and they get children involved and it never, ever works out well. Unless the parents can get divorced and keep the children completely out of it. But I, unfortunately, have not seen too many of those stories, if any at all. In any case... So uh, so we've talked spouses, now we've talked children, let's just get through a few more things. So anyways, so for those, even if you didn't know the story, you know the end of the story. The end of the story, of course, is 
that Moses tells these 250 great people will just uh, go down to the OK Corral, but instead of coming out shooting, everyone's going to have a fire pan with incense on it, with a ketores, and you know that this incense is a dangerous uh, stuff, and only the, only the one God chooses to be burning it should be burning it, and I'm telling you, God chose Aaron, but you will come tomorrow morning, you will have your fire pans, Aaron will have his, and sure enough, the next morning, God... Um, Kills those 250. Um, Korach himself and Dawson and Dawson of and their children, their families, even babies, because fighting is so, so terrible that it, it doesn't just destroy the person fighting. It destroys families. That's what happens with fighting. So Korach is destroyed and swallowed up and Dawson of and their families are swallowed up. And interesting, the um, afterwards, um, Moses tells Elazar to go take those fire pans because they were used for something holy. And he says, you know, throw the fire off, take those fire pans, they're all copper, we're going to make a, a covering for the altar because people need to remember, right? We're very good at forgetting what happened yesterday or 10 minutes ago if it's something we don't want to think about. So we're going to have to put this in a prominent place. It'll be on top of the, on top of the altar. So that way, any time people will see that copper plating, oh, what's that from? Oh, that was the one to start up with Aaron. Just because we're, we're, you know, now everybody knows priests, Levite, nobody fights how come you're a priest nowadays. No one does that because that's, that's old history, right? But it was history, right? It happened at one point where, where people had to get used to the fact that there's the priests, there's the Kohanim, there's the Levites. Everybody has their place. Everybody has what they're supposed to do. Everybody has their talents. Everybody's supposed to use them to the best of their ability. And here already comes the music. This was really short and sweet, and I hope you enjoyed it that way. Thank you again to our wonderful production team, David and Kelsey. I hope I've left some food for thought. Until next time. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.